can find the comic book characters on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash kneelbeforepod or follow us on Twitter at cbcharacters. You can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. And now you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Search comic book characters. Hey guys, it's that time of the week again. Time to nerd the F out with the number one podcast in your hearts and minds and souls. Even the ones tra- trapped and captured in Katana's Blade. It's Combo Characters. I am the president and CEO, the incredible, invisible, invincible Ig. And joining me as always, the astonishing, amazing, alluring, friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred. What is up, man? Hey, man. How are you? How are you doing? You're the president and CEO of what exactly? What did I say? You just you didn't say the company that you are the president and CEO of. Oh. Well, I I couldn't get through that cleanly, or else it wouldn't become the characters. Um, I'm the president and CEO of of Snark Industries. Um, so that's, that's... I'm still I, yeah. I didn't lose that title. Oh, good. You you were it wasn't like a hostile yeah, takeover. No... Wasn't... Nobody challenged me at my Pokestop or Poke Gym or whatever for that title. It's still mine. That's good. So I actually uh, ordered a T-shirt. I thought of you. I ordered a T-shirt this last week uh, on the internet. Hasn't come in yet. But you know how uh, you know there's the Stark Industries like logo from the Marvel films. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, it's that, but it says Stank Industries. Oh, perfect. Right. Yeah, well, that's from the movie. Yeah, so from the movie. That's that's brilliant. Um, do you like my little katana blade? Reference? I did. That was really that. That was better than the entire movie. Oh wow, man! High praise. Actually, that's not very high praise. That's not. Uh, we'll get to some. We got some Suicide Squad news <laughs> to hit uh, later in the show, but we're gonna start off with uh, some Marvel news and something that I know a lot of people are excited about, and that is none other than Luke Cage. Uh, we finally, well, not finally, but we got like the full trailer. Yeah. The last time we saw uh, Luke Cage uh, was in just like kind of one scene where he's just kind of infiltrating a, I don't know, some kind of uh, hideout or headquarters of some group and like just beating the crap out of everybody. Um, we got a like full fledged trailer where we get to see uh, the criminal overlord Cottonmouth, which is a great name. Um, and it looks cool. It looks very cool. I mean, you know, it's fun. You mentioned a while back that they were inspired on the show The Wire. And obviously this isn't going to be the same as The Wire because it's we're talking about two radically different genres. But, hey, if they're getting inspiration from that kind of a show, I mean, I'm happy with that. What do you think of the trailer? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, we were both a little skeptical at that kind of notion. But it seems like they've pulled it off, at least from this one trailer, right? It looks like it does pull in elements from The Wire. Um, it's nice to see a sort of a minority driven show, you know, yeah, like by the they, way, this is definitely in Harlem. I think in the previous episode, I was like, why is hell's kitchen <laughs> full of black people? All of a sudden? This doesn't seem to work, but, uh, or this didn't make any sense, but no, now it makes perfect sense. We're talking about a t- completely different area of New York. One that daredevil, I don't even think is aware of, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think he's aware of any physical location other than hell's kitchen. Yeah, no, I mean, that is, he might think that's, maybe he thinks it's like the Truman Show, where, like, that's where the world ends, it's right. just the borders of Hell's Kitchen. I mean, he is but blind, so you kind of have to possible. cut him some slack. Yeah, 
I guess if you were blind, it would make sense that you would make your universe like you know, ten city blocks. Yeah, because it's like you know you can just that's a lot of, life there. That's yeah. a lot of shit to remember. Like if you're trying to remember oh, yeah. where things are, you know, you go beyond ten city blocks and it's just a mess. So good on you. What if he makes an appearance and Luke Cage and like he's just getting like <laughs> running into buildings just and falling, like falling into cars. like sewer holes and stuff, <laughs> tripping everywhere? It's just like he doesn't <laughs> understand. Oh man. Oh, but anyway, uh, yeah, it looks. Anyway, sorry to, to cut you off, but yeah, uh, definitely, a, you know, a different, different cast from from what we've been seeing. Yeah, Derek yeah. and Jessica Jones. I really like the music. I really feel. I mean, I know these are just like the the music overlays for the trailers, but I have a feeling that that's going to influence a lot of the the music that's going to actually be in the show, and I'm excited about that as well. Um, you know, like that one shot of Cottonmouth where he's got the, the crown, like a, a framed crown, a, a picture. It might be of him. I don't know who it is. Might be Biggie, might be Biggie Smalls. It does look like Biggie Smalls. Um, is that a is that a famous photo? Am I just? Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I think like, so. I think it is. Um, and but it's like framed in a way where the crown's like on his head. It look, it's a cool shot, and I think he says something like, "It's good to be the king." Yeah, everybody wants which, to be the king. I think everybody wants to be the king, which reminded me of a line from The Wire, which is. If you come at the king, you best not miss from uh, Omar. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, hey, like I said, if they're drawing inspiration from that show, which was a great show, uh, more power to them. And it looks cool. The action scenes look awesome, as always. I mean, Netflix has been really good with their fight choreography uh, and everything that we've seen so far. Um, get a little bit of a of kind of a, a story with Luke Cage and uh, hanging out in the barbershop. And yeah. How? So let me let me ask you this. Or this is what I thought when I saw that barbershop scene. I so badly wanted the Mighty Sharps to make a cameo appearance with with Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy, oh, wow. reprising their characters from Coming to America. That would be amazing. I wouldn't be surprised if there is something, some kind of homage to Coming to America at some point. Um, but maybe that's just more because I want that to happen. <laughs> I don't know if it'll actually. Happen. It'd be um, uh, okay. But real quick, let's. I want to. I want to ask you. What, what are the odds that that old man that is dies. like located? He's dead, right? He's dead. He's absolutely well, dead, right? There's also a scene where the sh- the barbershop gets shot up, and then you see Luke Cage kind of hugging someone and crying. That's him, right? It's got to be him. You can't be like a kindly black old black man in live. It's not gonna happen. Can Luke Cage produce tears? Yeah, I think so. How do they penetrate? Or they go through the eyeballs. They go through so his eyes. Okay. Wait, are his, his eyes? eyes are yeah, <clears throat> that's a good question. That's a comic conundrum. Yeah. For another he doesn't day. say "Sweet Christmas" at all in this trailer, but we do get a shot of when he's like created in some kind of I don't know crypt or something. He yeah. comes out and he's got the the bracelets. The, the bracelets and the headband thing. Yeah. Which is like straight from the comics. Yep. It's too silly of a look to pull off in the show, but it's cool that they used it a little bit. Kind of like how Suicide Squad still had Harley Quinn in her yeah. original look, even though it was just for like a, a one-shot thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Anything else from this trailer you want to you wanna touch on? Uh, we, we see him rip the door off the car again. and that I love that. I love it's... that he <laughs> puts some <laughs> wraps the door around the guy 
And then you'd know for the next couple hours that guy's gonna be have a car door wrapped around him. And yeah. Just like, what if he has to like take a shit? Like, what if, I mean, I guess it's just. And like, also, like the only people who would be able to help him <clears throat> are all like incapacitated. Right. So he's gonna have to like go to like a, I guess a mechanic. But like mechanics are closed at that time of night. So do you call the cops? You you're not because you're a criminal. He might have to sleep like that. Yeah. That's anyway. that's unfortunate for him. But I mean, you know. Stop, stop doing crime or, things. Or it could be the origin of Carman, <laughs> the origin story. Right. Um, <laughs> where yeah, Come, common Carthy, Bixby Jackson. <laughs> He's after just a, a chance, <laughs> After a chance encounter with Luke Cage becomes Carjack. You know, like I, f- I feel like a superhero who like rode a bike around would be like his arch nemesis because he could just swing the door, the car door out, and knock him off, the, <laughs> knock him off the bike. Um. Anyway, outside of that, fight scenes look cool. Got me into the show. I'm excited. No, I mean, kind of, kind of checked off all the boxes for me. Yeah. Uh. I mean, you know, obviously we won't know until we see it, but. Looks like Netflix has another solid show on their hands uh, for the Marvel Netflix universe. And look at that—we didn't even talk about how attractive Luke Cage was. I mean, I mean, at this point, I feel like that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, all right, man. Uh, enough Luke Cage talk. Or you, you want to throw no, anything no, else no, in? No, Good. No, right. I'm all um, out for now. Let's jump right into <clears throat> the fallout of Suicide Squad. The movie that we just took a giant dump on last week. Uh, we weren't the only ones, though. There were quite a few critics and fans out there who were not fans. Um, there's a great video that you sent me from Crack.com, which produces some pretty great stuff. And they're just like trying to go through the movie and understand it and are very confused <laughs> by many things. But um, one of the big kind of news items that came out this week about that movie was Jared Leto at a convention for his band. Yeah. Is that right? Something Seconds to Mars? Thirty Isn't it 30 Seconds to Mars? Yeah, don't act like you don't know. Well, no, but the funny thing you. is in the article, I think they typed it three seconds to Mars. And I'm like, that's <laughs> not the name of the band. That'd be funny if every year they went one second less. <laughs> like they just so it, slowly get to get to Mars. And yeah. then it's just and then they'll just be called Mars. Mars, right. Yeah. Um, he so first of all, that blew my mind. There's even a convention for the band that he attends. Have you ever heard of that? I've no, never, never. no, I didn't know that um, was a thing. Or, you know, he kind of dished on the movie. And according to this report, it wasn't like quotes. So take this with a grain of salt. This is like someone's report. But he apparently either used the word tricked or implied that he was tricked into being in this movie and that it was not the movie that he was sold. He thought it was going to be a lot more artistic. Funny enough, he also claims he has not seen the movie. So it's hard to kind of gauge how he thinks it would be different if he doesn't even know what the movie ended up as. Right. But anyway, uh, Jared Leto, not happy with how the movie turned out. Um, it's a little weird that he hasn't seen it, but I have, and I can say that... The he's not wrong. <laughs> a disappointment, and he's not wrong. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't... I mean, and we do know that there were scenes, quite a few scenes shot with him that they didn't use. It's just kind of a head scratcher. The only thing I can think of is maybe there's maybe they would be saving some of this stuff for like a Harley Quinn movie, but that seems weird. Why would you hold on to footage like for two years to use in a different movie? That doesn't seem likely. 
Well, and, and we get an interesting tidbit in that article, which was it it said that there was like 90 to 120 minutes of just Joker stuff that they shot that that wasn't used. So in that sense, it lines right up with what Leto was saying about how, you know, if I died tomorrow, they, they have enough Joker footage to just, you know, make a movie. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's funny because, you know, you were you were saying that like a lot of a lot of critics, even some of the fans were not liking the Suicide Squad. You didn't suspect one of the critics to actually be one of the cast members of Suicide Squad. <laughs> that's that's not ideal. Well, uh, here, I mean, this is another parallel with Fantastic Four, right? Because this happened with that movie as well. Right. Where, like the, the actors. Right. That was kind of more that was probably more of a mess in that like all the actors really distanced themselves. I don't know if that's necessarily happened with Suicide Squad, especially since some of these guys, well, at least, you know, Harley Quinn is going to have a spinoff. So um, it makes sense for Margot Robbie if she really wants to be continue to be a part of this to just kind of play along. Um, but Jared Leto maybe should be doing the same thing because. He's definitely going to have a role in this universe. Well, you know, um, that's that's the thing. I wonder what his contract looks like. Now, they they had to have. He had to have signed a multi-picture deal because they originally wanted Ryan Gosling to play the Joker. Yeah. And and he declined because he didn't want to do a multi-picture deal. He was cool with doing it like once, but that was it. He didn't want to do it you know, be committed to a bunch of movies. Yeah. So if they, if they if they if they crossed him off the list because of that, then Leto must have signed a multi picture deal. But here's the thing. You 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 hear these quotes from him or the these comments that are most likely from him. It sounds like he's done right now. And I don't know <laughs> if he's just being temperamental and kind of throwing a little shit fit. Um but he sounds like he wants no part of his character or doing anything else with this character moving forward. And it's just like, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, yeah, it is weird, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's just not really worried about burning any bridges. And if and if for some reason they don't want to keep using him, he's like, all right, well, that's fine with me. Um, and maybe that's maybe that's part of the ploy. Maybe he signed a multi movie deal but actually doesn't really want to do anymore so he's like in a, in a way he's kind of got all the power here because he could he can kind of crap on them all they want but if they need him and they want to use him he's still going to get paid right right and, so, yeah. and if they don't want him then maybe that's maybe that's kind of what he's trying to angle towards i don't know this is total total speculation right but it does seem weird that he would kind of openly criticize a movie if he was planning to continue to be part of this universe um Anyway, uh, he wasn't the only one criticizing Suicide Squad this week. We also got a very angry letter uh, from a open letter to Warner Brothers uh, CEO Kevin Sujihara, yeah, uh, which Sujihara. is about mm-hmm. layoffs. And this writer also went into what they hated about what they hate about Zack Snyder's movies as well. <laughs> well, and here's uh, the thing: the writer yeah. is supposedly a former employee of Warner Brothers. Well, and that's the other thing. You have to also <clears throat> take this stuff with a grain of salt as well, because we don't know who this they person might, is. They might not be, right? They might not be at all. Um, and that's just something to consider. Um, but it did get a lot of play, and it was all over the internet. Um, it's kind of a long letter. I don't know if you want me to... Do you want me to read some of the 
Yeah, so why, why don't we just do takes. some of the uh, the choice bits, if you will. The choice nugs, if you will. Yeah. Um, uh, so, all right, here we go. Kevin Sujihara, who's the CEO. I'm, try- I'm looking over this. I'm just like, God damn, why did I agree to read this? This thing is way too long. That's all she does. Why don't we ever plan anything? Uh. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, here we go. A lot of fans might be angry, and rightfully so, because you keep completely whiffing at properties that they are desperate to love and enjoy. But this is a little more personal for me. See, I am a former Warner Brothers employee. I have so much respect for your studio. I love every square inch of that magical back lot from Black Blah Blah. She was, or was it a he or she? Do we know? I don't know. I was under the impression it was a female, but then... I've heard other. So too. I've heard other people refer to it as a as a he, and I'm I'm like, wait, where did they get that from? And then I thought, wait, where did I get my female thing from? I don't know. Um, all right, so she or he or she uh, kind of makes fun of the fact that there were all these layoffs. Read read, the, read that last thing with the with the movies, like where they name the movies. That... Oh yeah, oh, that's what I'm gonna get. That's what okay. I'm gonna get to. Okay. Because uh, this, this is basically what Sujihara wrote to the to the to the employees. Of oh Warner right. Brothers. Hey guys, we work hard for the people telling stories here, and we want to make sure those visions are realized. And uh, then the the person who wrote the letter said that year we pursued the storytelling vision the storytelling vision of Adam Sandler's Blended <laughs> and Clint Eastwood's Jersey Boys failures. We pursued a potentially great summer movie like Edge of Tomorrow and completely botched its release. Same with Man from Uncle. We dug in our heels and hoped the Hobbit trilogy would somehow stop being a mediocre case of diminishing returns. Talented, loyal people packed their bags and went home while your storytellers dropped the ball. This person then names some other movies. Um, uh, you don't just get it. And it's not just DC movies. It's your whole slate. Jupiter Ascending, Get Hard, Hot Pursuit, Max, Vacation, Pan, Point Break, fucking Pan, you jerk. <laughs> people, <laughs> people lost their jobs and you decided Pan was a good idea? You think another Jungle Book is a good idea? And then, what are you even doing? <laughs> Which I think is a question a lot, of, a lot of people who watch these DC movies are probably wondering. That's, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, go, 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 go ahead. No, 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 it's just like... I- they're not wrong. They're not wrong. And and I, yeah, go ahead. what are you doing is the same sentiment that we have pretty much every time we see a DC film, right? A DC yeah. film, we see it and we're just like, what, what, why? It should have been a slam dunk. You should have been able to just put the ball in the hole, like no problem. But instead you're kicking it out to the 40, 40 foot line and trying to launch a weird three contested three pointer. I know this got weird into like a basketball analogy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but what were you going to say? You were gonna... Well, he- Here's the most damning part. I think. Yeah. It's this paragraph. Zack Snyder is not delivering. Is he being punished? Assistants who were doing fantastic work certainly were people in finance and in marketing and in it. They had no say in a movie called Batman versus Superman only having eight minutes of Batman fighting Superman in it that ends because their moms have the same name. Snyder is a producer on every DC movie. He is still directing Justice League. He is being rewarded with more opportunity to get more people laid off. I'm assuming you yourself haven't been financially affected in any real way. You and your studio are the biggest lesson about life one can learn. The top screws up and the bottom suffers. So that's, I mean, mic drop after that one. Yeah. Um, but there is... There is some truth to the Zack Snyder stuff, right? It's like, 
I'm listen, I'm not like trying to say that some guy, you know, I don't take any pleasure in saying somebody should lose their job, but I mean, Zack Snyder has had plenty of opportunities to make movies here at DC and they just they haven't worked. Like at one point do you pivot and say, "All right, let's move in a different direction here." It happens to sports teams all the time. If you keep if you keep having a 6 and 10 season in the NFL, you're going to get fired. Right. For some reason, you don't get to keep Zack doing that for keep, 10 years. Yeah. Zack Snyder just keeps getting opportunities. It's it's really interesting, and um, you know, also that that last bit about the the top screwing up and the bottom suffering. That's a very that's kind of a commentary on sort of corporate corporate America as well. Like that seems to be kind of a prevailing notion in these larger corporation type things, and it's it it kind of shows you why Marvel um, seems to work a lot better because they're they're in a, even though they're owned by Disney, they're very tight knit in terms of the way that 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 group is structured and everyone's on the same page something that that uh, that, that came to my mind uh, this week when I was thinking about how this is all played out is you have to remember when Marvel Studios showed their slate of movies coming out over the next five six years it was at this big convention in a big studio hall with fans and media in attendance and you know everyone got really excited. I think they had like Chris Evans there, maybe Robert Downey Jr. <clears throat> and it was this big event. And even in the way that Marvel does their slate of films, there's Phase One, right? The Phase right. One set of Marvel films. Phase Two, Phase Three, Phase Four. You know, ostensibly coming after that, they plan these things out and. And yeah, you lose a little bit of creative flexibility that way because everything has to fit. But at least it's well thought out and they have a vision, an overall vision of what they're what they're trying to do. DC, on the other hand, Man of Steel came out, technically the first movie in the DC EU, uh, <laughs> um, which which I've been told is expanded universe. Yes, that is right. I looked it up. Actually, it is expanded. expanded. Man of Steel is technically the first movie in the DCEU, but it wasn't conceived that way. They didn't think to make it a, an expanded universe until after Marvel had already gotten a lot of traction and Avengers had come out. Then DC kind of went back and went, okay, well, now we're going to retroactively make Man of Steel the first movie in our expanded universe, even though that was never the intention. Right. And it doesn't seem like they have anything planned out. Like they they don't have phases. They don't have that kind of unified vision. It's just and and it shows why they're they have such trouble with these films, like even on an individual basis, because they're the larger scope isn't doesn't there, it doesn't exist. And so of course the films don't know how to fit with each other because there's nothing to fit into. Yeah. Other no. other other than just like actually vocalizing, hey, this is an expanded universe film. There's nothing that really connects these movies. And then, and then in the movies themselves, there's very little that connects what happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Suicide Squad and BVS were both just kind of messes that didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, so they're they're in a tough spot, man. But I mean, hey, we 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 give Marvel a lot of props, but Marvel was was in a similar bad spot about ten years ago. I mean, I remember. When X Men Three and, and Spider Man Three came out within probably a year of each other, mm -hmm. I mean that almost like killed me as far as watching comics. I think I took a break. I was like, I don't know if I can keep 
doing this. Like they were, they were getting so bad. And Marvel at that point was not in an awesome spot as far as comic book movies was concerned. Right. Um, and I remember just being like, all right, I think I'm going to take a break. And then, of course, Iron Man has to come out. And I'm like, well, shit, I owe it to like my 14-year-old self to go watch this movie. Like, I can't I can't not go watch Iron Man. Um, and that was the movie that kind of set the blueprint for what Marvel wanted to do. Right. And kind of put them on the right course. DC needs, but even, needs that movie. But even with Iron Man, the post credit sequence had Nick Fury. And they right. teased. Oh, yeah. They, yeah right. they, they, already at that point, they were teasing an expanded connected universe which is kind of crazy right because like that was because I, I remember when that movie came out there was talk about hey the hulk might be in this and you'll see him from like a similar scene this was back when it was the uh, ed norton hulk i believe right right um, from that movie would be in the iron man movie and that was the way they're gonna just start teasing a crossover right um, so it's just it's funny that they decided to do that because back then they couldn't have had that vision, right? They couldn't have been like, "Or this is all going to lead to an Avengers movie." <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess they had some sense. Well, I mean, maybe though, because Nick Fury comes out and he's the one that connects to the Avengers. You know, the Avengers Initiative, I think, is what he says. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, it's it's incredible that they, that they had that foresight to do that. But I mean, yeah, that's that's what Marvel's done really well Well, and Um, it's you know the thing is you look at the the hollywood landscape now and all of these franchises are trying to do connected universes you know you've got um even harry potter they have the fantastic beasts movie coming out now which is in that universe right star wars is branching out into rogue one and, and a han solo film and maybe a Boba Fett film, which are all going to be part of the connected universe. I think there's going to be a Transformers, possibly G.I. Joe venture at some point. Well, two of those, at least the Harry Potter and Star Wars ones are, are franchises that have been around longer than than Marvel's universe idea came up. Right. Right. But I mean, I mean, I mean what I mean is in terms of. Like in terms of bringing other movies that are not necessarily connected to that franchise, they're connected, but they're not that exact franchise. So it's not like another Harry Potter movie, but it's a movie set. Oh, I see what you're saying. Universe. The fact that they're doing that Harry Potter movie, the the one that's coming out or came out recently, the one that's coming out, the Fantastic Beasts yeah. movie. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't care about Harry Potter, okay. so I don't, I don't really know. But okay, but and then you have the King Kong and the Godzilla. They're gonna they're gonna make okay. I see what shit. you're saying now. Yeah, yeah. No, that's so, true. So that's what everyone's pushing for now. And Marvel was really the ones that set the blueprint for that way back. And and it's okay that DC's doing it now too, because I mean, literally every studio is doing it. But again, I think the it, until you have a clear vision of what you want to do with your characters over the long haul, then every single individual film is going to suffer in the DC expanded universe. And the other kind of thing that came out of this letter was that this writer pretty much said, wonder woman looks like it's going to be a disaster right. as well. Uh, he or she wrote people inside are already confirming it's another mess. Um, so I don't, I mean, obviously that was kind of part of the original slate. If you want to call it that justice league is maybe going to be the one that, that departs from that. Um, maybe Aquaman, which we'll talk about in a little bit. I, I just think DC needs, just, you know, 
one of these movies to kind of break out and then just try to follow that model. Um, and it's just kind of crazy that they're over two and looking at potentially over three pretty soon. Well, um, and here's the thing that, so you said like in that letter, they, they said that wonder woman's already a mess. Now, Patty Jenkins the director of wonder woman has taken to Twitter and has flat out denied those accusations and has said, well, that it's, yeah. it's BS, uh, which you have, of course you have to do, but, um, you know, and the thing is, and this is what scares me, is because I was pretty hyped for that Wonder Woman trailer. I think it's really good. I think it looks like it's it's moving in the right direction. But this person that wrote the letter explicitly states, you know, you can't hide behind a great trailer. <laughs> that yeah, we we right. know this movie's a mess. Don't trick people by making this awesome trailer. And I'm like, no, wait, that's oh no. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, I think. Um, I think obviously, like we said, take the letter with the, with the grain of salt. I mean, right. just it's 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 whatever. It might even be BS, but I think um, there was stuff in there. Yeah, there was stuff in there that I think um, are things that I kind of agree with. You know, especially the the stuff about um, just DZ, you know, prizing people who are who have just had a, a string of failures, and um, it's not it's not a good sign that they're not that they're not pivoting and, and kind of realizing their mistakes. It is a good sign, however, that Snyder apparently is uh, listening to the criticisms and is maybe going to try and do something different or something about it. Uh, that remains to be seen. But um, anyway, pretty damning stuff. It was published everywhere. Um, but anyway, like I said, take it with a grain of salt. Um, anything else from this, man, or do you want to move on? No, let's let's move on. Um, so another movie that, that has recently come under some... Um, speculation of, of possibly being trouble behind the scenes because they actually had to do some reshoots and whatnot on this one as well. And supposedly kind of like the Joker within, within Suicide Squad, one of their main characters, they were going to have to change their role or reduce some of the scenes. And of course, talking about Darth Vader in Star Wars Rogue One or Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Um, again has some similar beats to suicide squad we've got reshoots we've got we've got a anti-hero villain character in darth vader that's kind of that's very iconic and popular just like the joker supposedly the scenes were too graphic or too violent for the rating that they're going for so they had to change and reduce and who knows what else and so people started to get nervous and rightfully so but we then get this amazing Rogue One trailer uh, off of the San Diego Comic Con teaser trailer that we got. Now we got a full trailer, and whew, boy, uh, I mean, you can hear from my tone of voice. I I'm super psyched. This this trailer is everything I wanted it to be. Uh, it has a very gritty kind of war type feel to it that I haven't seen. And I think in any star Wars film to this point, um, it feels dirty in a way, but in a good way, Yeah, that's a good word. That's a good word. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, whereas like, if you look at the star Wars prequels, there are, there are a few wars, right? There's a few battles there on the ground with the, everything's with, pristine looking with yeah. the gun gun, with the jar jar and, you know, and the little robot dudes, but it's yeah, it's it's all like there's it's pristine, it's sterile. This is not that. This is something totally different. Um, 
Forrest Whitaker is the worst and best thing about this movie for me. Uh, I, think, I think his only direction was grizzled. Yeah, he's so grizzled. He's like um he's like a like if you made a, a thing of hash browns and you burned it a little bit and then you that just left it on the skillet for a while. That's like Forrest Whitaker in this movie. <laughs> All right. Overly cooked hash browns. Overly cooked so. hash browns, let's say. Um, well, how do you feel about this trailer? I, I thought, I, okay, I, well, just from, like, aesthetics, it looks it looks great, man. It looks so, it just looks really well made. Um, I thought as a trailer, it was, like, beautiful. Like, it totally gets you into the story, and, you know, you kind of see all the main players. Looks awesome. Seems to have some great battle sequences. Um but of course, we've been fooled before with bad trailers or with good trailers that you know hide deficiencies in movies. Um, I mean, my main issue is just this movie being a little anticlimactic, with it kind of being in the past, and we know we know how this thing ends. Um, or I think I think we know. Maybe yeah. maybe we don't. Um, Here, here's a thought. Here's a question for you. Do you think they'll have the guts to kill off pretty much everyone in the cast by the end? I of think the so. Yeah, I think, well, that's the only way you make this a little more interesting or, you know, kill off a good amount of them. Yeah, maybe not everybody, but it has to be like a like a majority of them, right? Because that's the There's whole no real point. reason to keep them around. Yeah, all, don't all the Jedis die? Well, yeah, and it's not even that there are necessarily a bunch of Jedis in this movie, but like we don't see any of these characters in any of the other Star Wars films and, you know, the, yeah, exactly. the George Lucas ones from the 70s and 80s. So, you know, and even, they even make reference to this whole mission about, like, I think they at one point there's a line that says, many Bonthams died or whatever. Um, and I might be mispronouncing yeah. that alien race, but there's some alien race that they allude to dying, a bunch of them dying, um, to get the plans to the Death Star. Well, this is that mission, right? So they should be dying, is what I'm saying. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's. I was actually thinking the other day about how Marvel, as great as they've they've been with their movies, like they've also kind of painted themselves in a corner now where it's going to be hard for them to go back to like those standalone movies with like one character, just because it's like, it, it like the implication being like if it's just one superhero, like the mission's not important enough to have all the Avengers join join in on it, right? Uh, and like these side movies about Star Wars, I don't. I, I'm. My worry is like maybe this is this is just really for like the diehards and maybe like the people who aren't as you know don't care so much about the universe maybe won't be as interested or intrigued by this. I don't know. I mean, it, it remains to be seen. But all all I can say is it looks it looks great. I mean, I, I think it's a beautiful looking trailer. Um, it really definitely is. better than that terrible poster that came out, um, <laughs> which I guess it was like the only one who hated it. But uh, I thought it was really bad. But um, to counter your fear, though, about the casual fan not with casual moviegoer not wanting to see it, I counter with this: Diego Luna. Oh, you I mean, Diego Luna's bringing in the ladies. I mean, uh, let me tell you, let me tell you that oh, I you're have, in San Antonio. I'm in San Antonio. That, that's I, Luna country, dude. I'm that's getting, Luna. I'm getting a lot of heat, a lot of lady heat. You're getting, you're getting a lot of lady heat. Well, I mean, off the Diego Luna stuff. I'm 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 seeing response. Are you waving a poster of him around? Yeah. What are you what doing? doing? That's what I'm doing. Riving the poster around. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, in his little captain's jacket and stuff, like he's, 
you know, it's just, it's just a still picture from the from the trail. There's, it up. I can tell you, there's not nearly as much Diego Luna heat up here. Okay, not a but, thing. But here's the thing. Here's where people are really getting on board, and I've even seen this on the internet, on Twitter, and whatnot. Uh, is that people are loving the fact that he has an accent in the film, like his actual natural accent. Oh yeah. And oh man, the 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 people are loving that. Not just the ladies, everybody. Like pe- people, people seem to be loving this. Where do you, what, what, on what? Twitter. I, you're not on Twitter that much. I know you're not on Twitter. That much. It's on on Twitter, Twitter, people are saying, yeah. I love Diego Luna's accent. Yes. Yeah. And then every other one is probably like, build that hashtag, build that wall. Build, yeah, build the wall. Um, sorry, I always have to bring it back. Um, in my galaxy, but not in my country is what there's. Yeah. So wait, people were okay with the Black Stormtrooper or not okay with that. They were and not like, okay they're with cool with the Mexican dude. Um, yeah, but he doesn't have a gun, you know, at any point, so. <laughs> as long as he's non-threatening. It's not ours. Fine. It's not a, his okay. only, his the only, the only weapon he has is his sultry voice. Ooh. Do you want to do it? An impression? No, no you, okay. what, what? You do it. Um, you try? No, I'm not even Oh, uh, okay. Um, it's the only weapon you need. Diego Luna. Um. So, yeah, but anyway, I, it's, it's cool, though. I like that the cast seems you know, it's spread out a bit. Um, the trailer looks great. I love the adats. Mm, those sweet, sweet adats. Adats are badass. Um, I also, badass. I recommend watching Kyle. The uh, someone oh, made a video of Kylo Ren watching this trailer. It's fantastic. I have um, only seen the first minute, and it is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, he. <laughs> it's so good. When they shoot at the adat from like a missile launcher, like Kylo Ren just starts laughing his ass off. He's like launching a missile at him. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, good stuff. I, you know what? I'm not, I gotta say, I'm not like super excited about this movie, but this trailer got me more excited. Okay. Kind of um, like Dr. Strange. It's, it's, that's what the it's whole, building. yeah, that's the whole it's point building. of the trailer. Yeah. Oh, that was a beautiful trailer. So whatever. It is well Do done. It, it is well done. Oh, I also, to... the last, oh, yeah, last thing is one scene that really stuck out to me is when, um, I was called her Ray, when, uh, <laughs> Jin, uh, is running like along that scaffolding or whatever, and then you see the TIE fighter oh, so fly cool. up right in front of her. I was like, Woohoo! Yeah, man, it was it Gareth Edwards, is the director, right? Like, he, he yeah. sure can frame a shot. That's what I'm oh, saying. yeah, yeah, no, like I said, the movie, the movie looks great. Well, hopefully, it's backed up with some, with some good stuff. And like, you know, even though I was kind of being, I don't know. Shade, I was throwing some shade maybe earlier about you know doing like a side movie and how that might not yeah be as effective in a way the cool thing about it it's like kind of like guardians of the Ga- guardians of the galaxy um you can you can be a little bit more fast and loose with this stuff and you can kind of create your own story in a way that right. maybe be harder to do when it's when there's a skywalker involved or whatever it, yeah right now yeah, that's a good way of putting it um all right man let's move on to some right. more dc yep. news um so i'll just say the news Harley Quinn and Killer Croc are coming to the TV show Gotham. Yeah. Before you get excited. Oh. Yeah. We're... It is their proto versions, and it's not going to be played by either of the actors from the movie, and they're going to look nothing like the characters. Cool. How do you think Eugene would take this news? Um, you know. Oh, oh, Eugene. Oh, hey, I, Eugene. I, hey there, Rick. Hey, hey, real, Eugene. So I, we got the news that Harley Quinn and Killer Croc are going to be in Gotham. Yeah, I love Harley. I love Harley. I love Harley Quinn. You know, yep. that's great. Um, 
But what do you think about this? They're they're going to be their proto versions of themselves, and they're not going to look anything like their characters. Aren't you aren't you big into like the way that these characters look and like how they're supposed to have, you know, look exactly like they do in the comics or close to it? Is this going to bug you at all? Well, yeah. I, I mean, if, if they're going to do if they're going to do that, they're not not even going to you know not even going to look like who they are. Then you, know, you just got to change their name. So like oh. instead of Harley, it's like Charlene Quan. Maybe <laughs> well, what's Asian, the point of that? An Asian girl with she's an acrobat. Oh jeez! And you know, is it still a killer croc? Maybe uh, hurts you a little bit, alligator. That's the name. Hurts hurts you a little bit, alligator. Oh, oh I see. Because it's like you're doing you're doing a different thing. Like um, so like a you know tender gator. Yeah, slow gives you a real What's tight the... hug. Gives you a real tight hug. Is that how he kills you? He hugs you. He hugs you. Does it? Oh, the gator roll. It does like a gator roll. It's real effective against sharks. It is. That's that's actually accurate. Um, you know, if a gator was ever to fight a shark, which doesn't happen in the wild. Um, Says you. Yeah. Well, that's true. Well, all right, Eugene. Well, are you? It sounds like you're. You think this could this could work, and you're still excited about it. No, it's terrible. I hate Gotham. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, uh, Eugene. That was great. Um, Bye, Eugene. I, I, uh... It's, he's I've only seen like seconds. passionate man that guy so passionate um kind of surprised that he's not going to watch Gotham though uh I mean he seemed like he had some good ideas for it and I mean what was uh Charlene Kwan the <laughs> Chinese acrobat yeah and who is the audience for Gotham by the way hurts you a little bit alligator that's yeah. uh but that's essentially what we're getting right so uh who's the audience um People that are watching American Idol and forget to change the channel. Because <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not really like doing much fan service for like the comic book fans. But I I mean I don't know I think there is a certain segment of fan not Eugene obviously but there is a certain fan that likes kind of these what if and actually you know it's funny because I think we're gonna back end on a what if uh, towards oh, the back right. end of this podcast. But there's a certain there's a certain fan out there that really loves these kind of alternate universe ideas of what these characters could be. And so if you're taking them and making them, you know, very, very young, um, that, that, that offers something for some people. I will say that I've seen, I've seen a handful of Gotham episodes and I'm not a super huge fan of the show, but I will say that the, the, the penguin character is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, the way they portray him in, in this show. So I think they're, you know, while as a whole, I don't know if the show really works. I think there are certain instances where they can really do some interesting things with some of these iconic characters. Now, I don't necessarily think Harley Quinn and Killer Croc might be those, especially Killer Croc. I have no idea how they're going to do that, especially on a TV show budget. Uh, but, you know, we'll see, I guess. I, I know. I mean, do, well, he's we, not going to look at he's going to be pre Killer Croc, which, by well, the way, what's the point? I mean, is he just a regular little kid? Yeah. Okay. I don't is, get the point. Is he just to be like a teenager with a bad attitude? I mean, that's that yeah. could be anything. Well, we'll also maybe we'll actually get we'll like find out why how he came to love BET. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe he'll be maybe he'll be watching BET all the time. You think we'll? Ah, we probably won't get that. Is there a crossover there with ABC? Fox. No. 
Was it on Fox? Yeah, yeah Fox. I literally know about fucking Gotham. Um, all right, man. All right, let's move on. Let's uh, move. Okay, uh, so it, now was it James Wan that said this? I think it was James Wan that said this, right? The director of Aquaman? Yeah. Uh, he, he said that Aquaman is going to be DC's Wolverine. Yeah, I'm down. That sounds cool. So, you know, here's the thing. If you had said that statement in a vacuum, like, uh, I don't know, three years ago, ridicule. Ridicule is what you would have re- received in return. Uh, that is a ridiculous statement. Aquaman as Wolverine is a ridiculous comparison. <laughs> but right. when you look at this Aquaman character played by, is it Jason Momoa? Yeah. I always want to say Mimosa. Well, Delicious. I think isn't isn't a friend of the podcast, Tommy? Uh, doesn't he call him Mimosa? Oh, that's what it is. That's where yeah. it's from. Okay, I, I think that's what you told he, me. He inceptioned that into my brain. Yes, yeah. I always <laughs> want to say it now. Um, but you look at that character and the way they they're kind of uh, you see him in that little Justice League trailer. You see the way they have him kind of you know beefed up. He looks he looks kind of rough, rugged. Yep. I fits. I could totally see it. I could see this being how this would work, and it's not. It's not an inappropriate comparison. Now, here's the thing, though: as a DC franchise, as a DC character, do they really want to draw comparisons to Marvel characters? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, it's not like there's going to be a clear comparison in the movie. I think he's just giving people a taste of what kind of character to expect. Yeah, like would it have mattered if he said like? It's going to be like a, I don't know, a character from Harry Potter or something like that. Like, I don't think it would, I don't think it would matter. Right. I mean, I, I, that would be weird, but like, I, I just mean like any other, any reference is fine as long as it kind of gives you an idea of what direction. Right. As long as it's appropriate. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so that part doesn't bother me. I think it's, I mean, I, I like the idea of it. I think obviously there, you know, we, we talked about this in the past. So like you have, you have to really kind of radically change Aquaman, I think, to make him work in the movies. Um, and I think I think they've done a good job with it so far. I mean, oh, fuck, I don't really know, right? Because like we haven't even seen him really in a movie except for like that one scene in Batman vs Superman. But um, everything I'm hearing sounds sounds promising, and they're clearly making him a badass, which is which is cool because I mean, forever he's just kind of been like a punchline, like because he just looks so ridiculous in the comics. But yeah, I'm, I'm in, man. Yeah. He's, I mean, he, if he starts like cutting people with claws, like that's gonna be weird. But, um, but outside of that, I'm cool with it. He has like a three pronged trident that shoots out of his forearm. Oh yeah, <laughs> he does seem really surly, which I think is is maybe where the comparison comes from. And so, isn't he like drinking a beer at one point? Yeah, and, like tosses it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm on board. Logan behavior right there. All right. So, are you on board with mullets? Love mullets. Awesome. Like Correct. in That's, an ironic way or like in a non-ironic just way? Just whatever. I mean, just to mullet for mullet's sake, I guess. Then I'm going to say no. Okay. What about mullets on extremely powerful superheroes that have recently passed away? I'm going to say yes. All right, then. Have I got good news for you? Okay. Uh, Henry Cavill? Cavill? God damn it. Just every time with the name. Look it up, dude, because every okay, episode you said be you Cavill. told me Is it Cavill? Cavill, but I heard oh. I heard him be introduced as Cavill like on, 
on uh, on uh, Conan O'Brien. They said no. Cavill. Okay, well then go with Conan, dude. What are you, what are you doing using right. my Cavill? Cavill. Okay, yeah. Henry Cavill. Uh, he tweeted out a picture. Uh, it's a little hard to see what it is, but if you're a geek, if you're a nerd, you know. It's it looks like a little like a silver and a little bit of black image. Can't really tell what it is, but again, nerds nerds know. Nerds know. Nerds know. Hashtag nerds know. That looks like the Return of Superman black and silver costume from the comic book. And if you remember from BBS, Superman, spoiler alert, is dead at the end of it. But yeah, dead, dead in quotes. But you, yeah. You also see him in the promotional images for Justice League. So, I mean, obviously he's got to come back. But is yeah. he going to come back with a mullet in this cool black and silver Superman suit? It looks like that might be the case. Yeah, that's that's another thing that DC. It just kills me. So some of the decisions they make, like not identifying Jimmy Olsen, or like telling us that Robin's been killed by Harley Quinn, and not ever showing. Why us not that. show that? God, yeah. why not show that? Like a brutal and, murder of a sidekick character. Why right. wouldn't you show that? There is right. so much emotional impact for the characters. Wow. And then just and then also like you know doing the whole doomsday story as like a rush third act in a movie. And now this, that could be its like, own movie. It could be the doomsday thing could have been its yeah, own whole. Of course it could have been, it could have been multiple movies really, if you wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ugh. I mean, that was, that was like, honestly, from the last, what, 25 years, maybe definitely. It probably is the top comic book storyline was the death and rebirth of Superman, um, death and return. Um, so yeah, of course they could have done that into one movie at least. But anyway, I digress. Uh, and then like blowing this whole thing of like killing Superman and then having him come back in a, in a trailer, <laughs> like you're revealed that he's back is, I mean, and they do kind of reveal it obviously at the end of BVS, but like there was a moment to kind of make that a little more special or a chance to make that more special, and they just keep messing it up. But um, I guess I'm okay with them doing the black Superman. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, Zack Snyder's probably been wanting to do a fucking black Superman forever now. Since it's the only color he knows, he has no his color palette is just a, like a a variety of grays. It's black and very dark grays. Yeah. So this this is right in his wheelhouse. I wouldn't be surprised if he rushed through the doomsday thing just so he can have Superman in a in a black suit. It's possible. It's possible. Well, I hope just it have looks to make cool. Make out though. with Batman oh, yeah. just into a black abyss. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Okay. Some passionate takes there. I I just think I hope I hope it looks cool. Um, let's, let's move on. Uh, so b- back to the Marvel side of things. Uh, there obviously is going to be a Captain Marvel movie with Brie, Brie Larson as, as Captain Marvel, as Carol Danvers, I think is Danvers. Yeah. Dan- Danvers. Danvers. Uh, Danvers. Um, DV. So the thing is, so, you know, obviously, and this is, this is, this is common. This is a thing that happens. We've talked about it before when you translate characters from the comic book to the movie screen, there are changes that have to be made. Sometimes it's to the costume. Sometimes it's to the, to the origin of the character or, you know, something like that. And this, this is another instance of that. Uh, but here's the kind of weird thing. Um, the, the reason that apparently they're changing the origin of Captain Marvel in, in the, the, the MCU movie is that they feel that her origin is too close to that of Green Lantern from the DC Comics. Right. Uh, but, but the weird – the thing is, like, 
DC's Green Lantern gets a, a ring, a power ring that is that you have to use your willpower to to make energy constructs, right? From an alien. Mm-hmm. Okay. C- Captain Marvel gets imbued with with these powers from an alien also, but not like a power ring. It's it's not it's not like a thing you wear. I kind of feel like they're not that similar. So I'm a little surprised that they're changing her origin. And I'm really curious as to see how they're going to change it. I honestly think the whole Green Lantern thing they mention is just like, is just to like take to to fool you into thinking that that's what the reason. When really, it's the reason is just because her origin story is like insane, dude. Right. Can I read you her origin story? Yeah, yeah, please. Cat. Okay. Involves receiving powers thanks to radiation from the Kree Psych Magnetron machine, mixing her genes with those of a Kree alien named Marvell, who physically shielded Carol from the Psych Magnetron's blast. Kree genes plus radiation blast created Captain Marvel. So, yeah, dude, of course they're not going to fucking do that. I mean... They got to introduce Krees into the world, too. Well, no, 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 no. There are Krees in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yes, that's right. But still, it's like... I don't know if, like, if you can just jump right into a Kree storyline, though. That's true. That's fair. I'm just like, curious... You, there's got to be some backstory with that. I, I'm I'm cool with them switching. I mean, she can still get her powers from an alien. It just doesn't have to be... doesn't have to be this specific story. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just curious to see what they're going to end up doing. I actually have no, like, I have no idea. I have no hypothesis as to what exactly they're going to do for her origin. I'm just curious to see what it's going to be. So cool. Yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts, like, what she they might do? What they might do? Um, what what they might do? What they might do? I, no, I don't, man. Yeah. I was going to make a, a really bad joke about that movie Room, but I'm not going to touch <laughs> it. Okay. All right. Oh, man, speaking of really bad oh, movies, what? Yeah, because uh, I know what we're going to talk about next is Fantastic Four. Yeah. I'm, How, I'm by the way, is there a more inappropriately named group when it comes to comic book movies? <laughs> Fanta- there is nothing fantastic about the Fantastic Four when it comes. It sounds like they're like making, trying to make up for something. Right, it's like they're, they compens- <laughs> they're overcompensating. They're um, no, we're fantastic. Guys, guys, there's four of us. There's four yeah. of us. We're all really fantastic. Yeah. One of these dudes like can like literally catch fire. Hashtag Gizzy the Flames. It's... And the other guy is a giant rock man. Yeah. That's I mean, that's already enough. And then we got a, a, an invisible woman slam and dude with like noodle fingers. Um yeah, noodly, noodly, what if that <laughs> noodlies. What if what if Reed Richards' powers were only in his fingers? <laughs> oh, well, uh, there's a there's a few lucrative careers I think. No, that, that's uh, true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how weird would that look? Uh, they can just use uh, the, the rubbery things uh, or just his fingers. Oh God. Um, uh, okay, so we still got more stuff to cover, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of yeah. run through this one real quick. Yeah. This is one of my favorite stories of the week. Yeah. Um, I think I think Fantastic Four is coming up more recently because there's a lot of similarities with it and Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we're getting like Fantastic Four news all of a sudden. But um, one of the more interesting thing that came out, interesting things that came out this week was um, it was on a website called Screen Crush, and it was a uh, early script um, written by Jeremy Slater, mm-hmm. 
uh, for the Fantastic Four movie, the most recent one that Josh Trank uh, directed. Here's what he describes. Um, in his version, the Baxter Building was like a sort of Hogwarts for nerds. This is a quote, a school filled with young geniuses zipping around on prototype hoverboards and experimenting with anti-gravity and teleportation and artificial life forms. Um, okay, sounds cool. Like you're setting up, you know, the the world where this takes place. I think it's kind of smart also to have like Reed Richards in an environment where he's surrounded by geniuses so that you can see like how he's a super genius and like on a different level from everyone else, um, which sounds like a good idea. But just wait to hear the other stuff they had. Uh, it gets even crazier. I mean, I'm kind of already in there, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, right. Uh, so here we go. While in the negative zone, the team runs afoul of Annihilus, a real character from the comics, who's described by this screenwriter as a pissed-off cybernetic T-Rex. <laughs> Whoa. Which, yes, please. Um, anyway, uh, here's the last quote, and it's kind of a long one, but this sums up the rest of the movie. In addition to Annihilus and the Negative Zone, we had Doctor Doom declaring war against the civilized world. The Mole Man, yes, this movie would have had the Mole Man in it, unleashing a 60-foot genetically engineered monster in downtown Manhattan, a commando raid on the Baxter Foundation, a Saving Private Ryan-style finale, pitting our heroes against an army of Doom bots in war-torn Latveria, and this, this is the kicker, man, this one, and a post-credit teaser featuring Galactus and the Silver Surfer destroying an entire planet. Uh, just give me that teaser. Golly, man. Wow. There's more. There's more. Well, no. we, had monsters, we had monsters and aliens in fantastic cars. Ugh, groan. An acute spherical Herbie robot. Spherical. Spherical? Spherical? That was basically BB-8 two years before BB-8 ever existed. And if you think of all that, sounds great. Well, yeah, we did too. The problem was it would have been massively, all caps, massively expensive. So, yeah, obviously this movie couldn't have been made. Or I guess it could have been if, you know, they really wanted to throw a lot of money at it. Um, but it's just funny to hear that this was like one of the early ideas for this movie. Compare that to what we ended up getting. Oh, my God. Good Lord. Oh, I mean, my God. be more night and day. Um, I don't know if this is anywhere near the movie that Josh Trank originally was trying to make. Um, but, you know, he he did go out on the record and say, like, that that movie that he wanted to make would have been, I think he even used the word fantastic. Um, and the guy who played Dr. Doom, Toby Kebbell, yeah. um, I think he even said the same thing, came out and said that he, he read that version too and he thought it would have been great. Uh, but we're never going to get to see that movie such a such a disappointment, man. Um, obviously, so much potential there, and you know it shows that this is not a this is not just a DC problem. Like there are plenty of other comic properties that just don't seem to work. Fantastic Four, so, probably the biggest one out there that's just been a disaster after a disaster. Something that you and I have talked about before is that. The Fantastic Four is kind of a hard thing to do cinematically. Like, as, as cool as their powers are, like, Mr. Fantastic maybe doesn't translate so well. And, you know, they've already tried, I don't know how many times, one, two, three, what, four times now to make a Fantastic Four movie, and none of them have been really any are good. adding the Roger Corman Yeah, so I was counting that one, yeah. yeah. And so, but you, you, just the things you listed off there, that sounds like the greatest Fantastic Four movie possible 
Like that yeah. sounds amazing. And if it was in the hands of the right director, the right studio, and they weren't afraid to pump money into it, I could see that movie making a billion dollars global. It's funny how we always get Doctor Doom when like you have I mean, obviously Galactus is challenging and like he's just ridiculous. He's a giant planet, but um like Mole Man would be that'd be so cool to use. I mean, like I like that they're trying to use other characters like Annihilus um and Galactus yeah. and Mole Man and it's and it's different and it's not just the same Doctor Doom storyline that we keep getting over and over again. Yeah. Um yeah, man, it's, it's it's pour one out, pour one out for Fantastic Four because that sounded great. Every, like literally everything you said sounded amazing. Even like they apparently had BB-8 before BB-8. People love BB-8, man. Oh, so yeah. I know. You know, well, you know, I mean, it's yeah, like you said, it just goes to show that it, the what ifs of Hollywood and comic books intersecting with one another is is insane. Okay. Just the the kind of things that get left on the cutting room floor, or the things that could have happened but didn't for whatever reason. Um, you know, again, that there's that documentary um, by John Schnepp, the what uh, the death of Superman lives, what happened. That is a great telling of another story where there was a movie that was already in production. Yeah, the Superman Lives movie, and you know, I don't remember, but wasn't was Galactus was in the Silver Surfer one, right? Yeah, he but he was. They changed Galactus from a giant celestial being to uh, like a tornado. Like he's like, like a, a cloud. He's like a big cloud thing. I guess it is kind of silly, but like God, I would I would geek out so hard over like seeing a real Galactus. Like that would just think be about amazing. how much people geeked out when Thanos showed up. You know, oh, I know. But imagine like Galactus just like crushing an entire planet in his hand. Like I, like when when I see like that King Kong trailer, I'm like, oh, that's so cool! How you can like create that, you know, give you the sense of like seeing this massive thing in person. But like Galactus is a a planet. Like oh, if you could somehow represent that on a giant screen, that would just be like, I don't know, man, just nerd Nirvana. Um, it'd be it'd be like Unicron. Like from the, yeah, right. The um, yeah. So so actually, moving on to yet more somehow Fantastic Four news is that there is a documentary on the making of the Roger Corman Fantastic Four that is apparently coming over to the U.S. and I don't know if it's going to be a theatrical lease or straight to DVD Blu-ray or, or whatever. But man, I cannot wait to get my hands on this. Uh, now, have you? Yeah. I, I, I'm not clear. Have you seen this Roger Corman Fantastic Four? No, it is online. You can actually find the whole movie, and I need to do that. Mm -hmm. um, it was actually the movie we were considering watching when when uh, I got together with a nerd crew to, to have a bad movie night. Uh, we ended up going with uh, '70s Doctor Strange, which, yeah. uh, oof, that was rough. But um, maybe next time. I, I'll, I mean, I do know that it was kind of a mess, but that. Like I've seen, I don't know if they were like gifts or like videos of some of the stuff that happens in the movie, and it's like, it has kind of like a very silly tone to it. So it's like, yeah. There's one shot where like Reed Richards gets married with, um, yep. Uh, Sue and like Storm. You, yeah, with Sue Storm, and you see him like <laughs> with his giant extended arm, like waving as yep. he's driving. Away. Yep. Oh, that's so good. Oh man. But uh, no, the crazy thing about this movie is like apparently. 
it was like never they never had the intention of releasing it right no like it, it was it was it was a legal loophole they were just trying to maintain the rights to the characters because uh, if they didn't make a movie within a certain amount of time uh the, the rights would have lapsed back yeah so, and the actors by the way didn't know this no didn't realize they were making this movie or i don't even think the the, the crew did either that never was going to see the light of day which really makes it an intriguing story <clears throat> I mean, it's kind of crazy that the movie is as structurally as much of a movie as it is if they were purposefully trying to make something that wasn't even really an intended product for people. Yeah, I guess you got to keep up the facade and just be like, you know, if we make this too stupid, like they're going to they're going to catch on. So it's got to be somewhat competent. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. I'm so curious to see this documentary. Uh, I really love this behind the scenes type stuff. It also, I mean, it sounds like it would be a fun, like a really funny movie to make. Um, like the story of like, with you know, not not a documentary, but like an actual acted movie. Oh, right. Like a, mean, like a recreation. Yeah. I mean, James Franco's making a movie about the room, so this is this could very this could be very similar words, but it's I think it's even funnier in that because you have to kind of keep telling these actors to do their jobs when their you know their work is never going to be seen by anyone. Yeah, I don't know. it just adds an interesting wrinkle to it, but I'm I'm excited to see that. But it, you know, when that movie does come out, I'm going to have to watch the actual. Fantastic original. You have seen it, right? I have seen it. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but yeah. Do you remember anything else from it? Um, the Human Torch is CGI, <laughs> and but it's like 1994, 93, so uh, or maybe like 91. So you got to you think about what like computer graphics looked like at that time, and this and this is also very low budget. So this is not like. Uh, Toy Story level or like Jurassic Park level or Terminator 2 level. It's it's like the Tencent version graphics of those things. And um, it looks, the best way I can explain it is it looks like a really, really bad PlayStation 1 game. <laughs> like whenever he's flying around, it's real bad. It's like Lawnmower Man. Oh, okay. That, that's a good visual. So I can see that. I can picture that. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's that. Uh, that's really the only thing I can remember. I mean, I remember a few other things. The the thing actually doesn't look that bad. I mean, it looks kind of bad, but not not terrible. Not that bad, I guess. Um, <laughs> the the other thing is like the costumes are like very literal from the comics. So yeah, like, they look they have just the big like four, big four on their chests. The blue and that white. Was, I mean, back then, everyone was doing that. Every comic book movie that came out was like literally exactly how they looked. Or comic book movie or, or show. Exactly yep. how they looked in the comic. Uh, then they realized, uh, oh, wait. They look dumb as shit <laughs> in a movie dressed like this. Maybe we should do that. Um, all right. Well, we're excited about that one. And maybe once we get more info, we'll we'll talk about that in the future. And hopefully even do like a little, little you know, individual screening. Uh, and talk about it once it comes yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, cool. Other other news to hit up uh, the new Spidey poster. Yeah, this is dropped. It's uh, so recording on a Wednesday, and this this is dropped this morning. And uh, I think it's in Vegas. Is weird. It's weird that I know that, but you know they said that the first poster has been found in Vegas. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Uber nerds. Yeah. Mm, nerds know. Hashtag nerds know. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's Spidey. It's it's uh, it's Spidey in his costume. He's hanging upside down. He's looking pretty happy. I like the tone of the poster. 
looks like it's going to be a good time, fun time. Playful. It's very playful. It's definitely what the character needs. Uh, not a lot. You think Zack Snyder would have chosen that poster? Uh, no, no. In <laughs> fact, there's this because there's, there's a, no rain in it. <laughs> there's a poster from Spider-Man Three, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man Three, where he's in the black costume, and he's on the like he's on the side of a building or like Is near. It raining? A, it's raining, and he's like crouched. And he's like looking down, and he looks like he's like sad or crying. I mean, obviously you can't see it because he's got a mask on, but like that is the Zack Snyder poster. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, uh, but no, this, yeah, this looks more fun and like upbeat. Worlds away from it. I'm, I'm, I like it. It's a good first uh, promotional step from the movie. So cool. Actually, this is a perfect time to lead into our favorite place to stop by, get some punch and pie. Mm. I'm of course talking about. Casting corner. Oof. Always feels good to be back. Um, so I'm actually going to bury the lead a little bit because there was some pretty big casting uh, speculation news this week. But I'm going to go with something a little smaller to start off. Um, they officially have casted the Tinkerer, which is a sort of minor level character in the Spider-Man mythos. Um, he's a guy that like invents stuff. He builds things. In the comic, he has connections to the Scorpion, uh, I think the Spider Slayers, um, you know, the Vulture, just a bunch of different characters. Uh, Ooh, Vulture. And, Interesting you named Vulture. Right. So the Vulture is obviously in Homecoming. So now we have the Tinkerer as well. Now, the interesting thing, though, is that the Tinkerer in the comics is a frail old man, typically. That's how he's portrayed. But in, in the casting choice... Uh, they went with a uh, rather healthy, robust individual. I'm actually, I don't have the notes here. What What is the, the guy's name, if you don't mind, Nick? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, his name is Michael Chernus. That's right. Michael, uh, not Chickless, but Chernus. Michael Chernus. He's a, he's a comic actor, and I think he's best known for a role in Orange is the New Black. Is that right? He plays the brother of Piper Chapman, who is the main. Ah, uh, right. Well, the main lady. Was the main woman right. in Orange is the New Black. That show's kind of gone off the rails but um at least from you know at the beginning she's the main character right um so he's a, he, again he's another comedic actor um so they're they're really infusing this movie with a lot of humorous type pe- people um he's good he's actually he's actually really funny i don't know if he's going to be in a totally funny role in this movie but he's the kind of guy who who um can just play off different different types of actors i've seen him in, in different stuff um, and he's always been pretty strong. Um, and you know, if he really is going to be kind of like working alongside Michael Keaton, I think there's potential there for that, for those to be some, some good scenes. Um, I don't know how funny they're going to make Vulture though. Does Vulture have any humor at all? No, nah, not, not typically. No, he's kind of serious. He's serious dude. Um, so we'll see if maybe they try to go a little bit more fun with that character. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's who the hell knows what they're going to do with Vulture, but. Yeah, man, the, the casting's been really promising for this movie. Yeah, uh, a lot of big, a lot of big names. Yeah, Mike, big names to me. Michael Chiklis. Yeah, Michael Chiklis, welcome. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so do you, you want to handle the back end of this casting corner, sir? All right, man. Yeah, this is what we're going to end on. Might actually be the, the even the biggest news um, for a lot of people this week. Um, it's not confirmed, but we're hearing that we might have. Um, the at least maybe the top choices or the first choices to come public for the role of the roles of Cable and Domino in the upcoming Deadpool 
movie. We know Cable's been confirmed because in the post credit sequence, Deadpool tells us that. Yeah. <laughs> at the camera. He tells us, yeah. Um, Domino um, wasn't mentioned, but Domino obviously is a a, a, a big character to, to the Deadpool storyline, mm-hmm. um, at least, you know, early on. Um, Deadpool X-Force, yeah, she, she's she's around. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, she was. Well, because he came out in, in X-Force, right? And, like, right. she was... They, I remember them, like, pushing her really hard. Well, yeah, know. no, they were they were both in New Mutants, which then eventually right. turned into X-Force. And so, yeah. And there's a lot of issues where they're specifically interacting, like those two yeah, characters. Yeah, right. So there's definitely history there. Uh, Cable, the name that is being attached, there's actually two, but this is the one that's been talked about the most, is Kyle Chandler. You'll remember him as the uh, head coach from Friday Night Lights. Yeah. He's also on the Netflix show Bloodline, which he's really good in. Um. Let's just talk about that real quick before. We yeah, move he's, on. he's a good actor. I mean, uh, you know, he's he's got really great acting chops. So um, I think and, you know, I guess when we talk about the other person that's possibly up for, for for cable, I think the thing you get with Kyle is that he's at an age where you can definitely sign him up for for multiple films and. Um, you know, a lot of people were wanting Stephen. I think the guy's name is Stephen Lang from yeah. avatar or like i heard kevin nash for some reason it's <laughs> that they're not going to do that people they're just that's they're, a pro wrestler that's you know what's funny because i i suggested john cena who i i still think could could pull it off but i can yeah. see why they wouldn't go with him i mean that is a weird choice yeah um <laughs> but anyway dude yeah. it's all wondering um you know another name that was thrown out early on but the, the thing wasn't about, ron perlman talked about at one point yeah. No, no, Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's really hard to tell because we don't know exactly what version of Cable we're getting here. Is it going to be very serious? Is he play the straight man to Deadpool? You know, Deadpool's universe is so odd already. But this guy can't act. And again, he's he's at an age where you could definitely sign him up for multiple films. And He's more of a TV actor at this point, so it, he's probably not going to be as expensive as the second um, individual that is up that is that they're looking at for the cable role. Which is, can I go ahead and go into it, or did you want? No, go ahead and give me your thoughts on Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say I'm not like in love with with Kyle Chandler as an actor, um, and may, maybe it's because he's just like. He to me is always just kind of read as like a TV actor. Yeah. Not to like disparage TV actors, because like honestly, like you know, for I mean, I think you can make the argument TV is still, you know, superior to 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 movies as far as just quality of content, and you know, we're kind of still going through the golden age of TV, so it's not really an insult, but I just haven't really seen the guy in, on the big screen, and I'm, I'm not sure if he can if he can trans pull off a character that. That yeah. literally big as Cable, just <laughs> like a giant bodybuilder, like impossible to really even be a human being. Um, except for John Cena. Except for John Cena. That's why I mentioned him, because he can actually, you don't need CGI to make John Cena Cable. Um, but at the same time, Cable is in the comics like a stoic dude who just is kind of there to play the straight man to, to Deadpool. Um, I mean, that wasn't always cable's role but i think in this movie that's what he's going to be and so you don't you don't need a guy to like 
have a ton of personality either. It might actually not be that hard of a role to pull off. Right. Is that is that wrong to, to say? No, or? no, I, I definitely I, I think Ryan Reynolds is going to do a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah, right. You can imagine. Um, but OK, so let's go ahead and move on to the second guy real quick. Uh, Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah. Where, the other... where did that even come from? Who who mentioned that? Uh, I don't have it here in my notes, but like okay. I, I've I've seen that name pop up a lot lately, along with Chandler. Like those are the two names that are that are the most prominent right now. Um, now obviously Liam Neeson, you just you just take his character from Taken, and then make him Cable. It's just you know there you go, you're done. Yeah, you're that's it. That's all you have to do. It fits real easily. The only problem, and this is something you brought up off air, is that at his age, if you want to continue to have Cable in other X-Men films or other films moving forward, like how many of these can Liam Neeson really do? At this yeah. Point? Yeah. And I, I I don't know how seriously they would they would consider it, but I would be on board, at least for that movie. I, I mean, I love Liam Neeson. I think he can pull off anything. So, I, I, yeah, I think he's. I mean, talk about a huge get for for Fox. You know, for Fox's X Men universe, if they could get him, that's that's huge. But here's the thing. I mean, his price tag has got to be pretty up there, pretty high. And for a movie in which they're probably going to try to stretch every dollar, just like they did in the first one, do you really want to commit a giant chunk of your budget to this one actor? Yeah. You know, uh, Chandler's coming way cheaper, way cheaper. And if it yeah. means the difference between having a really awesome action set piece with Deadpool doing some cool stuff or, you know, having Liam Neeson in the film, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the right move is there. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, but also, um, do you, are they going to have Domino and Cable be... A couple in this? I don't know. It's it's weird. Domino's characters is they've done a lot of weird things with her in the comic. So I honestly could I have no clue how they're gonna use her in this movie. Um she's a pretty cool character in the comic. She's basically an assassin. Well, um, the reason I ask is because the guys we mentioned to play cable are fifty and sixty one years old, respectively. The person they have Currently cast to play Domino is 29, uh, and her name is Mackenzie Davis. Yeah, Mackenzie Davis. Um, I don't know if how many of our listeners are familiar with her, but she's been in quite a few things. I think probably, um, if you know her, you probably know her from the show Halt and Catch Fire, uh, which is a really great show. I believe it's on AMC. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think you can stream it on Netflix. There's two seasons. I, I, I recommend it. It's also got an awesome soundtrack. It's really, really good. Um She's great in it. She she plays a a like computer nerd, um, which is funny because when you look at photos of her, she's not exactly the the kind of person you picture when you think of a of a <laughs> of a computer nerd. Uh, but she's good. She's got a lot of personality. She's got a lot of spunk. Um, and I think I, I actually like the casting. I think it could really work um, for Domino. I don't know if you have any experience watching Mackenzie Davis and anything, but I haven't seen her in Halt and Catch Fire, but I, I think I've seen her in something else. I'm just trying to think of what it is. She was in The Martian, but like the, very The little. Martian. There you go. That's where I've seen She her. also plays like a nerdy character. I don't know why she's being cast as like nerds, because she, like I said, does not fit this, the description of a, of a nerd. I guess maybe in Hollywood. 
in Hollywood's mind she does. But um, right. yeah, I'm, I'm all aboard. I like that. I think that's a good idea. I, uh, yeah. So I don't know where they're going on cable and I'm on the fence. Like, I again, just like you, I think Liam Neeson would be great because just he's great. Um, Kyle Chandler, I, I mean, I remember him from Friday Night Lights. Uh, you know, he's good. I, again, you, I also, I don't know if he can transition just like you, but I am with you exactly 100%. Mackenzie Davis, lock it in. Lock it in, Fox. Because I think that's, Get it. that's good. That's a good Get it, she's girl. up and coming. <laughs> Manda Waller that. Just <laughs> Waller it up, man. Uh, I'm, I'm all for her as Domino. I think they should just lock that in and, and, and move on. Cool, dude. Well, I think. Um... Even though we had some other stuff we're going to touch on, we'll probably hold those off till next week. Um, but I think we covered pretty much uh, the main stuff we wanted to talk about. Yeah, why don't I know? I just want to tease one thing for next. Oh week, yeah, of course. I know we didn't we didn't get to get to it today, and I, I know your heart is probably breaking right now as I'm just talking. A bit. But um, all I have to say is this: Might things get darker and hockeyer in Agents of Shield? Possibly. Don't tease me. Possibly. Don't. Don't you dare. So, so hockey. Hashtag so hockey. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Well, on that note, uh, we will uh, see you guys next week. But, um, oh, and I messed up the ending. I messed up the beginning, and I'm going to mess up the ending. Ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I spent the whole show talking how, about how, how long have you been doing this? Like a like couple, of we- couple of weeks, I right? Know. Especially after saying like DC should move away from Snyder for all his mistakes, and like here I am, I can't, I can't get through an intro <laughs> or a close. Uh, all right, guys. Well, we will catch up with you guys next week. Uh, until then, the fortress of Potitude is closed. Stay super, everyone. Later, guys. Later.